What is going on, everybody? Welcome to today's News Tonight, episode 51. It is Friday. I am so glad that we've made it through yet another week. I'm happy to be here live with you, the GV gang. And of course, as always, as as with every episode, I'm joined by my best friends and co-founders in Good Vibes Gaming, Ash Paulson and Derek Bittner. And if you haven't noticed, we've got the uh, Enter the Gungeon Beanie Man himself, your game dad, John Phipps of official SDGC or the Super Deluxe Games Cast, as it's been known to be called. How are you doing today, man? Are you talking about me? No. Okay, cool. No. Excellent. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I, I do not like that guy you're talking about. He sucks. <laughs> um, no, he dude, sounds like great. a jerk. I keep telling you, Steve, don't invite that guy on. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all, man. Um, you know, my wife would probably agree with you. Um, <laughs> no, Steve, this is great, dude. I, I, I've been a big fan of uh, GVG ever since you guys kind of... Uh, struck off and st- you know started doing your own thing. I, I mean, this is great. This is just a huge honor for me uh, because, of course, I have you know followed Derek and uh, Derek and Ash for some time. Uh, and Steve, you're just a buddy of mine, and I'm really sad that I don't get to hug you uh, at PAX <laughs> uh, in in, I, in March. That's really I know. I was down. I was so <laughs> thrilled the last major show I went to. I just ran into you in the hall. Yeah, <laughs> like I was I was just walking to another uh-huh. appointment, and I happened to pass you in the hallway. And uh, uh, we we managed to at least have a few minutes to chat, but it, it it has been far too long since I've seen you, my friend. And I'm glad that I'm at least able to have you on the show because, like I was saying before we started recording, this is how I interact with people now. This is my entire <laughs> like social it, circle. I, I think this is how we all interact That's with people it. now. So, yeah, I'm I'm I mean, looking forward to the after times whenever those times do arrive. I mean, at least people are starting to get vaccinated now. So, you know, maybe the after we'll party be... for all this is going to be sick. I, 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 oh, right. It really the is. After well, no, the after yeah. party for this is going to be healthy. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, no, the party that's a was a really sick. good point, actually. I didn't even I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's nice to see those charts and how they're trending downward now. Like we're back to where they said, like, like I can't get worse than this. Well, at least we're yeah. there again. Right. <laughs> you never want to say it can never get worse ever. Yeah. No. Um, I want to say thank you to Drew A and uh, and Scuff One Nine Six for saying my hair looks good without San, Sans Beanie. They're saying my hair is looking slick. So thank you to you both for that compliment. That's very nice. <laughs> uh, that makes me want to get a Sans Beanie though, so I can like play off that and i'm sure i could get a sand beanie pretty easily i'm sure there's and, one uh, i mean oh it has to be one if there isn't right. an official one thinking, you know there's one on etsy somewhere exactly i've been thinking i need to like invest in a, in a larger collection of gaming beanies since that's kind of what i've unofficially become known for so i might i might be, I might I, be you, you need your more. beanies i need my plushes <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah. all right folks well we got a lot of news to cover but before we do we've got a sponsor uh, as always with Fridays, this episode is sponsored by Straight Lace and The Soul Device. The Soul Device is a puzzle platformer where the player can create temporary platforms by shooting projectiles onto walls at the cost of HP to explore a Metroidvania-style environment. It's available now on Steam, and if you choose to pick it up, the developer Straight Lace would appreciate any feedback you have as he's currently developing the sequel and hoping to make it as fun and enjoyable as it can be. And as a helpful reminder to all of our friends here in the audience... If y'all suggest something, Straight Lace has a proven ability to put these things in. We suggested petting the dog, and then the next episode it was there. So please, please do him a favor. Please check it out. He's he's mm-hmm. kind enough to support the channel, and we would appreciate it if you could support him and his game, The Soul Device, as well. With that, 
let's get on to the news. This first actually story... really quick. Oh, Steve, please, sorry, really quick. I just want to uh, give a quick shout out to Slime Boss in the chat who has to go write a paper, but I don't recognize your name, so I just wanted to say thank you for joining us for our live audience, even for a few minutes, and we hope yes, to see you back you. for a future episode. But good luck on your paper, and sorry to interrupt, Steve. I just wanted to get no, that in no, there that's fine. Uh, Slime, Slime Boss is a is a semi frequent presence in the chat. I've noticed that name a few times before. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, but I'm I'm still glad <laughs> they were able to hang out for a few minutes. Uh, yeah. You might have heard just now the beginning of a familiar tune. Let's get that first news story on screen. <laughs> and I'll be honest, this one blew my goddamn mind. Right? <laughs> Me too! So, this is the coolest thing! What you're watching right now is the opening of Super Mario 64, which is ancient. So, <laughs> But what is crazy is that it went this long without anybody figuring out that the opening music you hear in Super Mario 64 is the Donkey Kong theme. <laughs> Just what, what, wait, slow what, down. I, I am not aware of this. Okay, oh, you're I not. must have this I must have missed wild. this one. Oh, it's crazy. Um they they slowed it down and did some other mixing with it and it's basically in the same way the, you know, the what is it, 25 meter from Donkey Kong or you know, the typical Yeah, so that's like the first stage from the original Donkey Kong the bump 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 bump. bump. And there's okay. that those four notes play in that sequence and is part of Super Mario 64's opening theme. And mm-hmm. it's been hiding there all along. And it's this this left me legit shook, you guys. This has like, the same energy. This is like the video game version of you know what happens if you play Dark Side of the Moon backwards on record? <laughs> yeah. uh, you get a weird you get a weird message. Like like this is the exact same Wow. That is nuts. Yeah. I had, <laughs> who found this? Uh, uh, Hojiro Chame on Twitter is the one I, I put it in there. So yeah, th- this was actually posted in our GVG newsroom in our Discord, uh, and then I I retweeted it, and I was like, this left me shook, and it like took off. It got like a thousand likes and hundreds of retweets, and then I just suggested it as a story for today because I love video game music, and this is legitimately something I never knew existed. This connection. That is that is wild. Yeah, this is one of those things where I wonder if this was something that was just an open secret, like a lot of people knew about it, and it's just coming to the attention of a wider group of people now. Because I've never had even an inkling about this, and I tend to know a lot about Mario trivia and stuff like that because I only memorize useless things, and (laughs) I've never even had. I I don't know somebody. Tell me if this was known before this. I don't think it was. I, I didn't I know about it. I, yeah, I had I mean, no idea. Never heard mm-hmm. this before. Is it? Do you have the? Could you play it just a uh, like a? That, I, I've seen some requests to have you play it in the. Yeah. Uh, if if thing. y'all want to hear it, I will. I will shut up for a minute, and I will. Yeah, we'll will shut up for a minute so you can you. hear it for yourself because. Yeah. We, it's something else. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me pull this up back on screen real quick. All right, and. I apologize to my co-hosts here, but it's only going to play through my headphones. Oh, that's oh, fine. That's okay. No that's worries. Fine. All right. So let's get this back on screen. And all right. T- take a listen to this, y'all. It's going to play Mario 64. Then it's going to play it again. And then it's going to play DK, just so you know what, what it yeah. is we're listening to. It's about a minute, but here we go.
The wizardry. <laughs> it's so cool. What? As soon as he started, I'm like, no I, way! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. How did nobody pick up on this until now? It's amazing, right? <laughs> unreal just friggin unreal it's so good i i what can you say? So there you have it. <laughs> oh fully, my god! Fully illustrated. It's the coolest. That is thing. legit. Just utterly mind blowing. I. <laughs> it, it was one of those right? where I saw the video. I and I was like, oh, somebody must have remastered the midis from this portion of Super Mario sixty four because we had that story a couple weeks ago with something very similar happening with Super Mario World. So I didn't even watch mm. the whole minute and eighteen seconds. I was like, oh, that's really cool, and I gave it a like and I moved on. Um, <laughs> if I had watched the whole thing through, I think I would have I would have had like a like a moment. <laughs> it's really mm. that is it is incredible. It is actually mind blowing. So. I, I love that no, Nintendo I, does this clever shit with their music, just hiding references to other things. Mm-hmm. And I just can't believe it took this long to do that. But yeah, uh, Koji Kondo, you're a genius. Always been a genius. Always going to be a genius. Uh, I assume it's the, Kondo it's, it's, did the do it. Everything's connected. It's the MCU. It's the Mario Cinematic Universe, right? man. Like everything is everything is all set in the same world. So uh, even I, as like obviously like a huge video game music obsessee, I didn't know about this, and the vast majority of, of replies I got to my tweet about it also didn't know. There were a couple of people who were like, "You didn't know this? It's obvious." I'm like, "Really? Are you saying you really knew this all along?" Maybe they yeah. did. Maybe they didn't. Either way, though, Steve, you may, this is a slightly more well known, so you might know this, but uh, Super Mario Brothers 2's opening theme, like title screen's theme, is just a like a ragtime version of the underwater theme from Mario One. Yeah, I, I don't do think know I knew that. that. Da, okay, da, 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 that that's pretty cool da, da, too. Da, da, da. Yeah, that that yeah. I really like as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right, so yeah, Nintendo continues to be mind blowing cool. with their music. That is so cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it really, really is. Uh, but we also had. I mean, there's a lot of non Nintendo news. There's also a lot of Nintendo. There's just a lot of news in general. <laughs> but we got a pair of trailers that I just cannot wait to talk about. One more so than the other. But let me let me go ahead and throw up what we've got on screen here. I can't show you these trailers. No. Yeah. But the the red band trailer for Mortal Kombat dropped. And holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) It is. I'm. Yeah. I am. I I I won't say it's perfect, but it it has potential. I'm into it. You know, I I think it looks it looks like it has. But yeah, potential. I am not going to say this is going to be amazing, but it certainly looks like it could be good. And I, and it doesn't look like it's going to be terrible, in my opinion. So well, my wife and I both watched it last night. She's a huge Mortal Kombat fan. She's like, no, you know what? I'm into this. I, yeah. I really like the fact that they are leaning into the inherent silliness of, of Mortal Kombat, you know, with the co- – because I think what what the original movie tried to do was, you know, I mean, aside from, you know, casting white actors to play, you know – Chinese gods but you know aside from that yeah. like I, I feel like they they really that movie 
tried to tried to take itself both too seriously and not seriously enough at the same time. Uh, and I really, I mean, like you know, I, I really like the attention to detail, especially in costumes for like you know Sub Zero and Scorpion and Raiden. Um, and yeah, I, I I'm not the biggest Mortal Kombat fan, um, but I I do. I do think this looks extremely interesting, particularly Sub Zero using his own blood uh, to that was to, sick. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. to tur- basically turn it into an icicle knife. I thought that was a highlight for me. I was like, okay, that's really that's really cool. Mm. Yeah, I, I I was. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I, I watched it and I was like, I, I like how this. One of the big complaints of the original Mortal Kombat was, you know, PG thirteen. <laughs> he couldn't really show a whole lot. And yeah. One of the things they're definitely going for this time is like, yeah, there's a lot of blood, and it it, it looks like that Scorpion and Sub Zero fight is going to be brutal. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that, but it's also two characters that can really go uh, nuts like that. And I, I, I it's looks like it's going to be fun. It, it looks like it's going to be in, uh, fun in the same way that maybe Sonic was, where it's maybe not exactly as you uh, would imagine it. But it's close enough. You're like, you know what? I dig this. Yeah. Well, that's a thing, I, I right? Think, yeah. I'm sorry. I, sorry. Go no, ahead, man. No, go ahead, uh, please. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that you know, don't go into this. You know, temper your expectations. Don't go into this expecting an Oscar winner. No. Um, which I think is the mistake a lot of people make when we're talking about video game movies. Every time a video game movie trailer gets dropped, there are one of two reactions on the internet. There's either this is going to be the greatest video game movie of all time, or this looks terrible. Um, and and I, I think this is going to be somewhere in the middle. I'm not expecting the Magnus or the magnum opus of uh, you know video game to film translations, but this does look like a, a, a good stupid two hours worth of worth of you know ice ninjas and you know like yeah I'm ah, I'm all about it man I'm all about it yeah 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 I, I think do- I think my only concern is is I'm not super into the perspective of like this every man or this I mean I know he's got like the the dragon shaped birthmark that means he's destined to compete the, in more yeah combat, the new right? character yeah. but Cole like this new character that nobody had like I don't know I'd rather see it through the eyes of the main cast right that's but again I haven't seen the movie yet so maybe what they're doing works but yeah like the main character being someone we don't really know from the games is like the only thing I'm not super into so far. Plus, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's, it's just a trope, right? Like, I know four guys who have dragon-shaped birthmarks, and none of them grew up to be Mortal Kombat champions. So, I don't understand right. what's so special about this guy. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it seems like whatever. But you're—you're <laughs> um, you're right, John, though, about how you, there's always these higher expectations. It seems for video games, uh, video game movies, especially among video game fans. Yes. But I think as, as long as it can capture that spirit, it. It, it can be still fun to watch, and by that own metric, by that metric, um, one of the honestly one of the better video game movies that captured the original feel of their source material is Dead or Alive. It's yeah. stupid as hell. I never saw it, I never saw <laughs> but it. it is. I wanted to, but it captures like it got the volleyball, it has the cheesecake, it has the uh, <laughs> insane plot. But you know what? Sure, it works. It's cheesy. Like it'd be. A, you like your bad movies, Ash? You would like Dead or Alive. I, I guarantee you would like Dead or Alive. I think Alive. I would. Yeah, Any movie I really where volleyball and cheesecake are the primary selling points. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, that's well, Dead or Alive, so there you go. Well, right. I, you know what's interesting about you know uh, game-to-film adaptations is that as the, as the gaming industry itself has grown and evolved and matured, so to have 
the willingness to depict these games in in other forms of media as they really are. Like we all remember back in you know like the early '90s when Super Mario Brothers, uh, oh. starring John Leguizamo, and, mm. uh, and and yeah, like that was yeah that was a thing. And then there was Double Dragon, uh, which was also a thing. Double um, Dragon, oh, du- Double Dragon, and then even a decade later, there was Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, which was neither final nor fantasy, and. So, but but now we are. Finally I mean, it was starting... final. There was no more. <laughs> oh yeah, no. That's. I mean, yeah, it was almost final for Square Enix or for SquareSoft at that point too. Um, right. But you know, we are now at a point where I mean, we've got a literal movie about a, a blue hedgehog uh, collecting rings who's running around in the real world. Like we're we are finally. I mean, look at the Mortal Kombat trailer. You know, like we are finally starting to depict these games as they are in the actual medium itself. Uh, which I think is a really cool step forward uh, for games to movies. That doesn't mean that they're going to be any better. Like, look at Monster Hunter, um, <laughs> but, but but at least at least we're starting to pay more attention and more respect to the source material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think- mean, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to this. This will be something that I'm happy to watch day one on HBO Max. Like, same. I want to watch this as soon as it comes out. Hard uh, same. I know my wife wants to as well. Well, there was, however, another trailer, and I want to get your guys' take on this real quick. Though Mortal Kombat, I love that they opened with Jax getting his arms ripped off. Like that sets right. the tone yes, for what yeah. kind Again, of movie it, this is going to be. It looks brutal, and I, as many people mentioned, I don't know if Johnny Cage is in this movie or not. And it's a shame if he isn't, because I mean he is such a fan favorite. But it looks like yeah. they're going that kind of fun, funnish route with Kano, who seems to be a, a good guy in this. It yeah, seems. that was weird. Like yeah, I, I'm, weird, I, right? I'm sure that'll change. He'll. I mean, I mean, it's probably going to be Trey and do yeah. all that sort of thing, but because you know he doesn't have his little half cybernetic face yet, so he's just got some scars and you know. But but uh, I want I, I want to ask you guys how long in the movie before we get somebody dropping the word fatality? Oh, I, oh man, hopefully not long. Probably <laughs> after the first fight. <laughs> yeah, like the first real Mortal Kombat fight. <laughs> also, flawless yeah. victory. Flawless how, how victory's got to be in there. Flawed, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, you know I what? Agree. You know what? If you really want to impress me, work in friendship or babality in there. If you really want to impress <laughs> oh me, my gosh. yeah, yeah, that would be that. That would be amazing. Oh and man, if, if, yeah. If the, I mean, there's so much they can do. I do wish they had just brought the uh, actor back for Kano from the original Mortal, Mortal Kombat movie. He was so good. Talk about he was perfect good. casting. Literally yeah. perfect casting. There, he was amazing. He was good. Kano. Mm, yeah, yeah, I was, was going to say I mean, the word iconic is thrown around too much these days, but uh, his sure. performance truly was iconic as Kano. I mean, it he kind was. of gave Kano more of his modern personality. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, he I think I'm not Australian until then. I was going to say, yeah, that's what made Kano Australian was was right. was that actor. Yeah, and it and it fit. It completely fit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I, I just always think of that. I like I, again. You said iconic gets thrown around too long, but I I when I see his face, I always think, "Hello, baby, did you miss me? Yeah, so <laughs> did you good. miss mine? I used to say that to people <laughs> all the time. So <laughs> yeah, Sonia Blyde. So yeah, oh, so good, so good. <laughs> all right, so moving moving from something decidedly M rated to something a little more PG thirteen, IGN has also published a trailer for a Nintendo documentary called Playing With Power, the Nintendo story. I'm not clear on if this is made by IGN or if this is... who Who's producing this? Um, yeah, I'm not But it's sure. debuting on yeah, it, Crackle? It, it just said Crackle Originals, <laughs> which means nothing to me, but... Yeah. Yeah, what the hell this, is Crackle? Yeah, I've never... Yeah, I've never heard of that. Um, but having said that, like, I'm a big Nintendo guy, like, like... 
Nintendo is my favorite of the big three by a country mile. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I cannot wait for this. Like I like. Go ahead. I'm man, with please. you there, John. I will consume anything that tells me the history of Nintendo because I'm with you. Nintendo's my favorite. Um, I've always really Same. enjoyed them. They have such a you know they have kind of more of a personality as a company, which doesn't. I hate saying that because there's no such thing as a company with a personality, but I, I feel like <laughs> a lot of us, especially in our age group, have a stronger attachment because we grew up with Nintendo. Right. Um, yeah. But they're I also mean, I mean, such an opaque company. They they don't yeah. share their story. So when mm-hmm. people can, can dig in and find even even just a little bit of new information, fans like us seize on that. So I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll have to figure out how the hell I get Crackle, but I will... <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't even I will, know what that is. I think I, it was an app on the PS3 at one may, point. <laughs> I, think, I think I've heard of it, but I never watched it. I think, it's, I think Crackle is free, though. Well, that's I cool, think, at least. So there, there is that. Also, as an unfortunate... Um, Addendum that Kano actor apparently passed away, according to Justin Barda. Oh, oh man, sad. that sucks. Yeah, well, that's too bad. If I if I had a beer, uh, like like you did, I'd just pour one out for him right now. But I mean, yeah, I'm not going to pour it out, but I'll drink it for him. Well, you can drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's being poured um, out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Crackle is a streaming platform opened by Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. Man, oh, again, that. whatever the yeah, hell that it's, is. It's Sony-owned. It's Sony-owned. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Sony completely owned. free. Okay. Wow. So at least nobody has to pay anything for this. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I got a weird... I, I got like a weird feel, Like a weird rush when I watched this. When I saw uh, Howard Phillips... Because it reminded me of my childhood. Like Howard Phillips was the CEO of Nintendo when I was a teenager. And I was like, oh man... I don't know why I'm getting nostalgic about Howard Phillips, but I, but I really, really am. Um, you know, and and I, I love that Sean Sean Aston could get a career voicing video game documentaries at this point. Like he is so ubiquitous mm-hmm. in doing this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like like you know, too many people don't know that you know Nintendo has such a long and and cool history going back before they became known as somebody who made video games. Like they used to make playing right. cards. Like I mean, yeah, back in the forties, like Fuda. yeah, it was yeah, like like it's it's such an interesting journey that uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi took. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I, come uh, on, what is this self-respecting for... Nintendo fan doesn't have a deck of Hanafuda cards like eight feet away from them at all times? <laughs> <laughs> I have um, mine boxed up somewhere from. Clinton. I've totally, I've totally got some. I'm just not going to show them. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, but <laughs> but no, like when is this supposed to drop? I I, I forgot what the release date w- uh, was supposed to be. Um, uh, March first, March first, March first. Okay. okay, so it's right around and, the corner. Uh, Doodle in the chat points out that Sony used to own Crackle. They they have since yeah sold, that that so. chicken soup thing now owns it. They Sony right. sold their full stake to the chicken soup thing. So um, also <laughs> Mazinger G in the chat with a with a clever with a clever uh, statement isn't Crackle the brother of Snap and Pop? I, I appreciate that. Whoa, whoa, that is. I was I was going to make that joke and I opted out. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Eddie Beals points out that Nintendo used to operate love hotels. That is also true. It wasn't just uh, Hanafuda. They they actually operated love hotels, which is wild to think about when you consider Nintendo's image now. And, yeah. and a taxi service. So technically, Nintendo had your whole sex pipeline covered for a while. You know. You know. I really wish now that the Nintendo release of Final Fantasy VII would have had a little Easter egg by putting a Nintendo logo in the Honeybee Inn. 
Like that that would have been a sweet <laughs> oh, little man. that would have been a yeah. sweet little call out to that. Nobody would have known what it meant. You're right. <laughs> that would have been very wow. few people. Incredible. I, I man, I, I'll be curious to see what they cover in the history of Nintendo. I, I feel like it'll be the n- history of Nintendo, the video game company, and not so much. Nintendo. I mean, they show the Hanna food oh, cards, yeah. but I feel like they'll go to brush over that. It's a five-part series, so who knows how long? I'm guessing each one's a half hour long. Yeah, the interesting so, thing. Maybe an hour. And yeah. last, I looked into this because I've I've long wanted to dig into the history of pre-video game Nintendo. Um, last I heard, nobody actually like it's known that Nintendo operated love hotels. Nobody knows where they were though. Nobody knows huh. the. Nobody can seem to find the address of oh, any of these establishments well, that Nintendo ran. That's because Nintendo sent lawyers to all of them. That does make a certain amount of sense. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> the they Nintendo don't want ninjas took care of that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> made them all sign an NDA. All right, uh, I do really quickly want to okay. extend a warm welcome to Antonio Martinez and Darksteel01 in the chat, both of whom are names I don't recognize. So thank you for joining us for our welcome, live welcome. audience, and we hey hope there, to see welcome. you. Uh, and many more shows to come. Yeah, indeed. All right, so let's go ahead and throw our next news story up on the board here. It's been a long time since we've talked about Xbox here on TNT, and we have a good reason to, finally. Uh, one, I, yeah. I love this story for a couple of reasons. The first major reason is that it is the first time we've gotten to feature our friends from Digital Foundry here on TNT. So this article comes by way of uh, John Linneman, who's a personal friend of a few of us here at GVG. Uh, and it, the story is that Xbox has announced FPS boost. Uh, basically Xbox one games now run at double their original frame rate, or at least certain Xbox one games. Uh, so the list is, I know it's watchdogs Two, super lucky's tale uh, and three or uh, four, Far Cry four UFC four and sniper. Yeah. Elite four. There we go. A lot go. of fours. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I listed the two I care about. Um, <laughs> yeah, U, UFC four again. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I think ah. it's kind of neat. I Super Lucky's Tale I think goes all the way up to 120 frames per second, which That's is really cool. cool. Uh, I will be the first to admit, though, I'm really frame rate sensitive, and I still have not seen a huge benefit from playing games at 120 FPS. It's noticeably smoother, but I don't feel a huge advantage i think where after, it works really well is after somewhere between shooters. 60 to 90 frames a second there you start to get diminishing returns yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will say however though i've played some gears 5 at 120 fps which is limited to multiplayer which seems really fucked up because <laughs> you know if you have a three thousand <laughs> yeah. dollar setup you definitely have a huge competitive advantage like oh, i'm yeah. no good at gears but when i play on my 120 fps tv on my series x I am killing people. It is ridiculous <laughs> how I can get nice. the jump on people, and I'm not good at this game. So I, I do recognize that it's there are some uses for it, but Ori, Super Lucky's Tale, eh. I'm way more excited about games that are going from 30 to 60 because to me that is a huge difference. It's a massive leap in performance, and uh, from what Digital Foundry says, it works perfectly, exactly as advertised. Nice. So. I'm I'm really happy to hear this. This is the kind of stuff I like to see. I know Microsoft is leaning kind of more into the don't fix what ain't broke kind of scenario with the Xbox Series X. They, you know, it feels like mm-hmm. a last gen console. It play it they're leaning into the strengths of it as being that it runs your old games better. And I kind of like that. I think it's a good approach. Me too. I like the way it contrasts Sony's approach. As somebody who has both, I I find 
unique advantages to each. I'm still firmly in the camp that the PS5 is the more exciting piece of hardware. Yeah. Sure. But I'd love yeah. it if Sony did shit like this. <laughs> yeah. Please. I mean, it'd be great if Sony had backwards compatibility beyond the four. Be, I'd love to be able to play PS3 and PS2 and God, PS1 games on that the system. That is a... a, a That's I, the dream. I picked up my Vita the other day to play Vagrant Story, and I was like, why can't I nice. do this on my PS5? <laughs> like, why? Why? Like, yeah. wh- wh- why not? What's the point? Are you telling me the PS4 or the PS5 can't run Vagrant Story? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, well, it, it's crazy. Yeah. because I mean, You could say the same thing about Nintendo, too. Like, there's such a demand for these games, and it's just, mm, they're yeah. just not giving I mean, it it's, to a, you. it's a smaller subset in the grand scheme of things, but in the sake of preservation or making it available, I mean, there's I think there's ways to make these old games exciting, but... I, and, and Microsoft's I mean, kind of going yeah. about going about the right way to do that. It's like, all right, we're going to take these old games, but we're also going to make them run better. I mean, so, you know, and like, and, and to be fair, like, you know, I I know some people out there think porting is as easy as just pressing a big red port game button. Right? It isn't <laughs> porting to it. You know, I'm, I'm no engineer, but I know that porting takes a lot of work, and it's not just that easy. But I do wish Sony was putting more effort into just at least expanding. Not well, even expanding. There is no backward compatibility. Uh, catalog for PS1, 2, and 3 yet. And I just wish they would do something with that because you know, having PS4 games playable, awesome, great. They should be. But there are so many games from the PS3, 2, and 1 that I wish I could play on my PS5. And mm-hmm. I don't like having to keep a PS3 hooked up just to be able to do that. So I, right. I will yeah. say that we're probably at the beginning of a new approach to backwards compatibility because, you know, the PS4 and the Xbox One were the first consoles that really kind of used off the shelf for lack of a better term pc style parts so they used Mm -hmm. cpus that are out there and exist gpus that are out there and exist in in the wild and what that means is they have a common architecture with pcs which as as you all know if you have a gaming pc you can still run shit from the 90s you know all the way back because it it has been designed in that way and i think that microsoft and sony wisely in the last generation shifted toward that style of architecture with the thought being okay as now as we iterate on consoles and make new generations of consoles this backwards compatibility thing won't come back to bite us anymore but the issue is you know yeah ps4 games run perfectly on ps5 xbox one games run perfectly on xbox series but when you go back to those older consoles now the 360 was based on the same processor found in high-end Macs at the time. Uh, you know, the the Xbox One. I don't even know what the hell's in that. Or the original Xbox. Not Xbox mm. One, but first-gen Xbox. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell was in that thing. But they were all these yeah. weird custom architectures, and so they varied wildly. And getting, like you said, Ash, porting is real hard work. And when you constantly change your actual underlying hardware architecture... Every time you want to get a game working backwards compatibility, you essentially either have to write an emulator, which is a lot of work, uh, and requires significantly more overhead than native processing, and or you have to port the damn game. Uh, so right. I think that mm-hmm. they've kind of boxed themselves into a corner where they need to provide some type of emulation-based solution for anything older than the last gen. And I'll be honest with the responses I see from executives about how people feel about backwards compatibility. I just don't see them putting in the effort to to bring us that, which is unfortunate. I mean, and every platform holder is guilty of it. I mean, I mean, you've got, I mean, you've got Jim Ryan just a couple of years ago who said nobody wants to play these older games. Exactly. Um, 
Which, and, which, which was just such an yeah. un- unfortunate statement because eventually these these older games are going to become lost to the either as older systems fail and you know I mean you know these companies I mean I, I get that you know everybody wants to you know all these companies want to promote you know the newest best shiny thing and that's great and but it, it is important like I would love my son who's twelve to play some of the games that I grew up on and you just can't find some of them anymore. Um, yeah, they're they're just they're just not there anymore, uh, and 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 that's a part of my childhood, and that's really sad. Yeah, we it's, are it's seeing like movies because yeah, like Back to the Future came out in 1985, but you still want to see people still want to watch Back to the Future, and yeah. it's readily available. Yeah. Yep, we are seeing what I've noticed is a kind of a specific developer based approach to, to to reviving old games for current platforms. Like we've got a lot of you know we got the Capcom arcade collection. There's the Sega Genesis collection there's um you know square enix just announced that they're remastering legend of mana um we've got all three final fantasy legend games on the uh, you know so we're seeing certain companies you know bring back older games in bespoke collections i would love to see square do a parasite eve collection that does not have a birthday i i would i'm like stop putting out saga games and please start yeah Start porting Final Fantasy one through six and Parasite Eve and Xeno and yeah. Xenogears and Vic, yeah. please Chrono yeah. Trigger, Chrono yeah. Trigger, Chrono, Chrono right, Trigger. Exactly. All I due mean, respect to Saga, it's just not a great franchise. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off. T- I, 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 I could talk. I, <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, um, I, 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 I think it'd be kind of cool to have like an Evil East collection, like Final Fantasy Tactics, Vagrant yes. Story, and whatever else. No. Yeah, yes. I was streaming the Triangle Strategy demo last night, and I was just—I had a great time because the whole time I was like, "This is giving me such strong Final Fantasy Tactics vibes," which then, of course, led me to think, "Why haven't we gotten a re-release of that game since War of the Lions on PSP?" It's on and mobile and Android. So many like good games on the PSP that like good RPGs that need to be oh, right, ported it's on Android and War of the, the Lions is on it, it blows my mind that War of the games like War of the Lions and Valkyrie Profile are available on Android and iOS but not on the Switch or the PS5 or the play them on the damn phone no I don't either they just last week Konami dropped Castlevania Symphony of the Night on mobile and I'm like uh, why there, there's a there is a perfectly good nintendo system right here like mm-hmm. i i get that it's on it's, oh don't get me and started that's the thing, is that like, in, in fact derek you were mentioning this uh, a little while ago we have the castlevania anniversary collection on switch which is great but yeah. we need an, a castlevania anniversary collection two that has all the egovanias starting with symphony of the night and all the ds games and that yeah. would be hype as hell. i mean even if they where's aria of sorrow or circle on the moon symphony having the three gba games and the three ds games yeah. would be yeah. amazing yeah, exactly. Having well, to be um, fair, having GBA games on the Switch period would be amazing. But yeah. yes, it would. Yeah. Uh, Imposter in the chat brings up a good point. We're all looking at this as as people who didn't grow up with, with PlayStation consoles and started with the PS One and such. But Imposter brings up a great point. As someone whose first PlayStation is the PS Five, being able to play their previous libraries would be cool. I mean, this is yeah, this is a whole ass yeah. market that Sony could the, tap into. You, you're somebody who that's want to playing through their... Astro's Playroom and like I don't know what this is referencing. I exactly. have a vague idea. Astro's Playroom is a like, love letter to all generations of PlayStation. Of course, people are going to want to go be able to check out some of those games. I mean, and, my like again, my son is 12 and he's been, he has been weaned on you know PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five games. Um, yeah. But he has also finished Chrono Trigger. 
um, nice. uh, Pokemon Your son Red. Has great taste. Pokemon, nice. right, well, well, you know, like you know, I mean, I got to. I'm gonna, yeah. Um, but sure. Super Metroid, and and because he is super interested, because gaming is a huge part of my life, and he is super interested about what I played when he was a kid. Just like you said, I love that. Um, yeah, and 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 it, it's almost like hope he's mine's gonna be like that, <laughs> right? And it, it's for him. It's almost like he's reliving my childhood. Um, That's and, so cool. And that is something. Is. Like I sat down with him and explained to him why Final Fantasy VI was so important to me. It saved my life when I was fifteen. Um, and and you know these games. It's it's not just I've said before and I'll say it again. It it's not so it's not even so much the thing that you love it's what was happening in your life when you found it yep. and mm-hmm. and yeah. and that you know you can love a thing but that moment in time when you realize I really needed that thing that's what gives it the flavor that's important and I you know I explained to him why this game was so important to me and he ended up playing it because. He was like, this is important to my dad, and I want to see if I can try to capture some of that magic for myself. And so I wish... This is the more most companies... beautiful thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry to interrupt mm. you. I'm just, no, 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 so you're good. wholesome, and I love it. <laughs> it's just so no, wholesome. No, no, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my kid's my best friend. Um, oh, but 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 yeah, like, I, I just... And I, I want to be able to pass that on to him. Um, and... I just wish more companies would take this series. Not even so much for me, but like, you know, I want to play Final Fantasy Tactics on my Switch. I mean, I do, but yeah. I also I, I also want my son and and others to be able to experience these games that we all did when 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 we were their age yeah. and and figure out kind of like, you know, it, it's almost like a history lesson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really the, is. The gaming industry is horrible about preservation. You it know, really there are is. so many games that are just lost. Yeah. Now, even now. Uh, and there are folks out there like Frank Cifaldi who are doing great work to try to preserve the history of gaming. But uh, one of the things is that a lot of the, you know, physical media that games came on when we were younger is deteriorating now. It's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. cartridges are, are, I mean, original Game Boys yep. are literally rotting at this point. Even yep. ones that have been yeah. well cared for. Um PSP batteries are exploding. Yeah, they they weren't designed to last for yeah. as long as you know. People didn't think when when games were first becoming popular in the eighties that oh yeah, thirty years from now some grown man is going to want to play this game I coded. Uh, so they yeah. didn't preserve much, and it's it's a real uphill struggle now. It would be great if you know one of these major platform holders could just approach you know create a Steam like platform for that they would just use in perpetuity for their consoles because it feels like every time we get a new generation of gaming, we also get a whole new eShop that comes with it and all the right. And then we have to rebuy everything. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, I'll tell you what, if, I mean, a re-release of Final Fantasy VI this year, even if it was just on Nintendo Online, would excite me more than anything else coming out this year. Um, and, and they know there is a massive demand in the market for older games to be available. And if some right. of these other companies would just find a way to make it happen i mean there there is real money to be made there and i don't understand why they're not jumping all over this yeah i mean can you imagine yeah if they ported chrono trigger to switch tomorrow can you imagine the hype that would generate oh i Mm. i would explode i would i mean i mean mean, two of two of our panel two half of us our favorite game of all time is chrono trigger yeah that's three out of four of us that's my second favorite game of all time nice it's chrono trigger it's up there it is absolutely up there I, I and, would no joke pay sixty bucks for a port of Chrono Trigger if I could get. A I would pay. Too. I mean, if they if they said, I mean, I mean, you know, like you said, if they announced a Parasite Eve collection, you know, like like we we, we remastered Parasite Eve one and two and we left the third birthday out. 
Like <laughs> if we if we did that, you know, here it is for forty bucks. It would yeah. it, people would buy it. Here is um, here is Final Fantasy one through six, the the legacy collection. Here's the, the Final Fantasy classic collection one through six, sixty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it, I'm even there. You just sell, like, sell them in pairs again, like thirty bucks for every two. Like here's one and two, here's three and four, here's right. uh, five and six. There you go. Now here's a question though: Would you rather have that, or would you rather have an HD 2D remake of FF6, and done in the style of Octopath Traveler? That is something I have strategy? been. That is something I have been <laughs> praying to numerous dark gods for for <laughs> same, same. many many years um and i know i know it's not going to happen i know it's not going to happen uh no. it, and that to me just i'm just like guys it's on the snes classic why isn't it on why isn't it on nintendo online <laughs> like mm. i mean come on guys uh, please yeah. Wolf, Wolf x blake points out in the chat the demand is there because gamecube apparently has been spiking upward like crazy. i've got a gamecube right behind me yeah, no, I played I Eternal mind. Darkness last week. Have... Like, I mean, there is a market ready to be hooked for these. up. I have I have all my consoles. They're not all hooked up because I don't have the room, but they're ready to be swapped out when need be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, nice. I've literally got I've got my modded Vita, my modded GBA. Like, I've got my GameCube back there. Like, I mean, there nice. it, there is a there is a huge market for these games, and there's real money to be made. And I don't understand. Like, Square Enix was going. I'm sure you guys heard they were going to at one point. Uh, institute some kind of online subscription service where they would have a catalog of their older games. Um, and they recently decided that they weren't going to do that. And I'm like, why? I would <laughs> yeah, subscribe why? to that. Put like that service like, on there. You put I, some, Square Enix has one of the strongest back catalogs e- ever. Listen, they're they, like, I remember in the PlayStation and PlayStation two area specifically Square Enix put out a game. I was almost always going to buy it. <laughs> If the, EA uh, access can exist, yeah. <laughs> then I mean, yeah. should be a right. no-brainer. But I have to keep the show moving along. Yeah, sorry about that, so man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the industry, out with the old and in with the new. I'm going to throw our next story up on the screen. And it's kind of relevant. Uh, yeah. So these are comments from uh, Nintendo CEO Shuntaro Furukawa. Uh, basically discussing a potential successor to the Switch. The quote goes, any successor to the Nintendo Switch must be able to offer consumers new forms of entertainment. Furukawa said Nintendo doesn't have a specific time frame in mind for hardware development. Rather, it is constantly researching technology. The hardware and software development teams are in the same building, communicating closely and thinking about how we can propose new forms of entertainment. The shorthand for that being Nintendo gonna Nintendo. This is the same thing they always do. Um, But, you know, People, people want to hear about whatever the successor to the Switch is. I'm going to tell you right now, it, you got at least five more years to wait. There's Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. going to be a while. Agreed. Yeah. N- Nintendo I mean, I mean, is not yeah. a, a... I mean, they take risks, but when they have a, a successful formula, they ride that shit until... It, look until at the original Game done. Boy. I think that yeah. launched in 1989, and if, you know, Pokemon right. didn't come out what, until, what, 97? Something like that, yeah. And I yeah. and I obviously I honestly don't see a post Switch Nintendo. I mean, I feel like the Switch is here to. I mean, I know they're going to have obviously new hardware, but I feel like the whole portable console thing has. They to are be part locked of into that. They do going forward. They are I locked like into developed, the hybrid console. It just they did so into a corner well. There. Yeah, there's. But um, I also just like you know this is the same reason Miyamoto says we haven't gotten a new F Zero game. It has to have something new, some hook. No, it doesn't. Quiet, Miyamoto. I, just give us a new F Zero game. The only thing I need is 1080p, 60fps F Zero. That's, That's the all hook. we need. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the, the fact that right it's something there. new to play. You know, yeah, we have this. We talk about the classic stuff, but we also want to see that st- classic stuff get support. Right, <laughs> you know, yeah. like do something with it. And the fact that they always think they have to innovate is so frustrating because, right? I mean, look how it makes playing those games in the future harder. Yeah. DS yeah. game DS ports are going to be a pain in the ass. We're already seeing how they had to kind of rework the gameplay of uh, Skyward Sword for HD using the right analog stick just to have it be able to be played on the Switch Mini. They're going to have um, to do the same thing for Metroid Prime Corruption. Uh, whenever yeah. that, well, I mean that's been done for a while, but we'll get we don't have to get into that. But <laughs> but 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 yeah, like it, it's you know. Nintendo is 100% locked into the the hybrid console thing. Like, th- there's mm-hmm. no going back for them. And it's the same reason why I, I'm 100% confident we will not see any kind of a Switch Pro this year. Like, that, that'll that be a next year mm-hmm. thing. Um, right. Because, I mean, wh- I mean, you know, they've got a Super Mario bun or themed Switch that I bought because I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> and I spend way too much money on Nintendo stuff. Um, there's a a, uh, a Monster Hunter Switch coming out uh, that I will also buy because I'm an idiot. Um, I mean, the way this thing is selling, they don't need an upgraded model. They just don't. Um, and next year, I, you know, I, I think you're I think you're going to see that Switch Pro announced in in January and released in March, just like the original Switch was. But like, aside from that, I agree with you. Like, I I don't I I, I don't know where they go from here you know like i i don't see an end like i don't see anything past the nintendo switch i think i think they start treating it like mobile phones you know there's just a, a more powerful iteration of this thing uh every few years and i personally am okay with that i'm fine with mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. yeah I, I, yeah yeah i i agree with you i think that nintendo can't really back away from this form factor that they've created, at least not anytime soon. Yeah. Um, it, it fits I, the Japanese market so well. Yeah. I mean, it fits the American yeah, market too. I think they well, stumbled upon yeah. a, a device that as John kind of implied has almost a uh, new phone, like allure to it. it it's just mm-hmm. this, you know, they can iterate on this thing every couple years and people are going to want to buy it because it's the thing they love just better, yep. faster, shinier. And I, I mean, I've been saying since the Wii U days that whatever Nintendo introduced would have to be kind of a stopgap and that they would just iterate on whatever that thing was. Yep. Because, I mean, they killed the Wii U. I mean, now now the Switch has been out just about as long as the Wii U, right? We're, we're coming up on, I think so, yeah. on yeah, Wii U longevity yeah. numbers for the Switch now. And Nintendo has to know that, you know, it, it was underpowered when it came out. Intentionally so, but still underpowered nonetheless. But selling developers on this concept gets harder when they now have to target more powerful consoles to make their games on, you know, getting a PS five port to the switch is going to be hard, but if you start, Hey, you know, well, you can port it to this more powerful spec we have. And then, you know, maybe downgrade a little more from there. uh, People will probably be more likely to bite if they think it's not as much work, but I I guess I, that's really my only question, Steve is, you know, when you talk about uh, an up, you know, like an incremental hardware upgrade, like a switch pro, uh, where you could conceivably, and we don't know what the guts of those things are, but where you could conceivably port lower resolution versions of PS5 and Xbox Series X games. At what point do you do you say, okay, here are games that will only play on the on the Switch Pro? And, and I think that's the only way Nintendo that's could possibly... Yeah. I, I think that's the only way that Nintendo could find themselves in a bind, is eventually if emerging tech, the games being made in a few years, just will not play on a Switch, 
but I they think... will play on a Switch Pro. Like that's that is a divide in your audience that could be problematic. See, so... I mean, they already tried it to a lesser extent with the new Nintendo 3DS right. and games like Xenoblade Chronicles 3D right. that would only run on the newer hardware, and it didn't work out for them very well. Not I mean, well. No, I think Xenoblade not. was one of like what four whole games or something that were <laughs> yeah. new Nintendo 3DS exclusive. Yep. Yeah. So like that. yeah, I yeah. would honestly say with without hesitation that 2023 is when you do that. So I th- I'm I with so. you, John, in that, that I think that right. the Switch Pro or whatever Nintendo's going to call it doesn't come out until 2022. I think that's a really great time because then you can say uh, the Switch is five years old. So, yeah, we're we're replacing it with with a more powerful unit. Don't worry. All your stuff is still going to work. And then, you know, a year or so on, they start, OK, we're really going to open up this new hardware. And here's here's a really compelling game that only works on this new model of Switch. Your your Breath your of the Wild launch 2. model switch is now six years old. <laughs> I think at that point, uh, and Nintendo's also going to benefit from the fact that, I mean, you know, the the tech giants have trained us that these things only last so long. Yeah, and so we kind of, yeah. as consumers, view portable devices as things that we don't keep for for long amounts of time. And six years is a really long time to have a handheld console. Uh, oh, that's that's yeah. uh, that's you know I had this a very similar conversation with somebody recently, and they you know I had brought up an iterative model of the Switch every few years, you know every four or five years, and and somebody said, well, you know nobody's gonna nobody's gonna keep buying new consoles, and I was like, people buy new phones for eight hundred dollars annually, <laughs> like I mean, yeah. you think people won't yeah. spend three hundred dollars for a new console every four years? Like you're kidding yourself, they will. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. the gaming industry has also kind of trained us in a sense on all fronts to expect iterations to our consoles you know i'm looking yeah. at this ps5 thinking okay two years from now they'll slim this thing <laughs> the down ps5 and make, pro and and make yeah. it easier to uh mm. to, to store uh you know i i even said in my review it has a very 1.0 design feel to it in terms of you know sony has to know yeah this thing's way too fucking big Where, that we thing need is, to i was just looking at it in the background of your i was yeah. like god that thing's enormous yeah it, it's <laughs> it is, really it damn massive. big and yeah. i mean yeah. i love it but it's huge and you know but start as far back as the ps3 and the xbox 360 they started introducing iterative console designs like okay i mean you know, we're even, gonna, we're gonna even back you... in the ps1 they had the, yeah. the tiny ps1 yeah with the, the tiny little Sony's been yep. doing lcd it their entire career <laughs> same same with the ps2 they had the tiny little thin uh the, the tiny little thin the, the, ps2, the PS2 that, slim yeah yeah that's what it was right exactly yeah. Yeah. so the ps3 fat the ps3 slim yeah it's not like getting it's trained new. on this for decades now. There's right. there's going to be iterations. And down of course, the line. Nintendo with all their handhelds. Yeah, I was going to say right. Nintendo oh, yeah. themselves are the originals releasing, you know, Game Boy in in nine colors, <laughs> and then uh, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Light, Game Boy. Yeah, Advanced, Nintendo Game was Boy doing Advanced this SP, way before DS, Sony DS Lite. Was. Yeah, absolutely. So you get the yeah. idea. <laughs> so. Um, I just want to point out a quick exchange in the chat here. Michael McCaw says the power switch to which Richard Herrera replied, it's so bad. And then Richard said, no one got the wizard reference. I feel old. I just want to say, I got it. You're yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, oh. I definitely get it. I, I, I cringed at that scene back in the day. So. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that movie. I, I, I recently showed that movie to my wife for the first time. And she oh, was wow. like, it is absolutely a product of its time. Did she She's think like, that I the could pa- totally see did she huh? did she did she also love the power glove uh she thought that whole scene was ridiculous it was but so bad why yeah. it's why it's so mimetic and why it has taken oh, on yeah. such a, a mimetic quality 
Uh, Jared Edinger says, and I was thinking the same thing. I love it, but it's huge. It's a great out of context. <laughs> yeah. Later. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, but, welcome to Aerobatic Shadow, another name I don't recognize in the chat. Welcome. Yeah, that one I don't recognize. And, and Derek Galatovich. I don't recognize your name either. So, welcome to both of cool. you. Cool. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. All yeah, right, we'll so. see what Nintendo tries to do, but it's not good. I, it's it'd be insane if they stray too far from what the Switch does now. Yeah, don't don't yeah, mess really with a good be. thing, really. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Nintendo has always done best and stood out most when they marched to the beat of their own drum, right? And don't try to do what Sony and Microsoft are doing. And straight up, Sony and Microsoft have the high-powered hardware corner taken care of. They, 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 we don't need a third really high-powered console. I like that Nintendo does their own thing and is kind of taking you know their own approach to gaming. And yeah, you know, let Sony and Microsoft chase chase hardware numbers. Nintendo should keep doing their own thing in my and opinion. And I, I think, honestly, the past year of Nintendo Switch just absolutely crushing it um, in terms of sales will hopefully solidify, hopefully solidify to Nintendo that we need to keep on doing our own thing and we don't need to rush and try to compete with visual fidelity or, you know, parody with PS5 and the Xbox. People are clearly happy with games like Animal Crossing uh, and that's what we need to keep doing. Games that look like that that make people happy right. that they can take anywhere. Mm. And in the meantime, the only innovation I need in a Switch Pro is the one that'll let me play Age of Calamity at anything higher than like 20 frames per second. Because <laughs> oh, I really yes. love that game. Yeah. I just want to play it at mm. like a at a stable yeah. frame rate because that would be its own unique, completely new experience. To be honest, I played that game completely handheld, and it was a it was an experience. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you cut your retinas on it? <laughs> I I I, I, did, I did actually. I've actually got, I've I've got glaucoma now in both eyes, so you know that's fun. Man. Thank you, thank you, Agent <laughs> thank, thank you, Nintendo. All right, <laughs> right. let's let's go ahead and, and bring up our our next story. This one, I I wish Brandon was here, but uh, we'll we'll make oh, it. Oh, I wish he was too. Yeah. So for for all of the Brandon miracles in the chat tonight, uh, <laughs> Capcom is hosting a series of Monster Hunter related events. Uh, on March eighth, we have a Monster Hunter digital event, which looks like it will cover both Rise and Monster Hunter Stories two, which. I'm personally hyped for Monster Hunter Stories 2 is the one I kind of think I'll, I'll vibe with more. Uh, I then, think so, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Following it up on the 9th, they have a uh, Monster Hunter Rise gameplay session and they'll be doing tutorials and a Q&A. And then on the 11th, with uh, no time decided yet, they will be doing a community live stream. Both of the two previous ones pop off at 6 a.m., which... Uh, That's going to be a fun morning. <laughs> woof. I, I, yeah. We'll definitely do the digital event. I don't know that I'm going to make it the next morning for the uh, yeah, game Yeah, same. <laughs> same. Oh, never mind. That's I, 9 yeah. a.m. my time. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm East Coast, so 9 a.m. is a little bit more doable, but that's still really yeah. freaking early. That is and pretty early. I got to say, I'm not the biggest Monster Hunter fan. Like, I've tried. Yeah. It's just I've always bounced off of it. It's just not my thing. It's not my thing as much. I and I was actually agreeing with you, Steve, uh, about what you said about stories too. That's the whole kind of single player story driven experience seems like something I'd vibe with more as well. So that's what I'm kind of looking forward to seeing more of. Uh, but I do, yeah. I mean, I think we'll certainly react to the digital event on the eighth. But maybe we can talk to Brandon and see if he wants to react to the gameplay and director Q and A since he's like the hardcore monster hunter like i don't think any of any of us would really know what to react with to that right yeah, yeah. i mean i just yeah. dived in i just finally dived into my own like game that takes hundreds of hours and gets you, <laughs> yes, you <laughs> addicted did. for that i don't need a second one and so, i'll be joining you in may i'll be joining you man in may i gotta get on the same uh server or, or whatever as you 
make sure we can play together. Yeah. I, I, I might try it out too when the PS5 version comes along. Final Fantasy fourteen, yeah. of course. As as far as I, this, I hopefully should be more established in fourteen by that point. Yeah, right. So you, you guys are always yeah. come to Ultra Server. Okay. Uh, I went with Diabolos because we so I have some uh, friends in there. Oh. We have so many people like we want to play with and who want to play with us in FF fourteen when we actually no. I have play. friends in every single. Yeah. World Center. It's yeah. like I, I if I want to play with all of them, I have to basically make three different characters. <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah. Don't right. do that. <laughs> all no, right. Like at, at this Monster Hunter event, like like you got to figure that they're going to drop a new demo here, right? I feel like they I should. mean, Maybe. I mean, it's so close to release. I don't know if they with need the issues it. that were present in the demo. I think it'd be a smart idea to. I think so too. True. Because yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I I I you could not play that thing online if you had more than what. Twenty friends and, and I think yep. yeah yeah I mean I mean it happened oh, to me I, I and it, it was that, yeah. it was it was unplayable um so I would mm-hmm. I would just like to know that that has been fixed more than anything else. Well, I think they already said that they Capcom already came out and made a statement saying this is not going to be in the final game. Here's what's causing it. It's only a demo thing. We apologize, but don't worry. This yeah. is not going to be. We have identified okay. it. It's not going to be in the final game. You know what they should have said is, look, this is our way of telling you you're you you are extremely popular. Uh, if you're if, if you're if you're feeling depressed about anything, you shouldn't because yeah. uh, you got you have a lot of friends. Mm. Yeah, right. I, exactly. I think that it's uh, you're too cool for us. <laughs> a statement is one thing, but showing people speaks volumes. Just mm. hey, yeah. here's a demo with the performance sure. fix. Check it out. We're not lying. Sure. <laughs> and I hate and maybe to say we'll it, get a stories too demo. So many folks. Are and here, skeptical. here's a lion for you to kill. <laughs> I would love a demo yeah. of stories because yeah, visually, I'm I'm all in, but. I'm not a huge Monster Hunter guy, so if I could try mm. out the gameplay, I would. That would go a long way for me. I mean, it might go a long way towards unselling me on the game, but I, I mean, uh, I played the, I, a little bit of the original Monster Hunter stories, and I felt it felt very RPG ish. So I think you'd click with it Fair a little enough. bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nintendo sent me a long time ago the original Monster Hunter stories with an amiibo for it. And I, I just haven't oh, wow. had a chance to play it. it. It came at a time where I was moving. I was moving into my apartment. I was like, well, I'll mm-hmm. get to you someday. <laughs> it's not today, though. <laughs> and as, as life has a way of doing, I just forgot about it. Uh, speaking of the rigors of daily life, go ahead and get our next story <laughs> up here on the screen. And I'm probably the only person that's excited about this. But this is an intersection of two of the things I love most in life. Animal Crossing <laughs> and Manga. Viz has announced that Animal Crossing New Horizons Deserted Island Diary is a new manga series, features all your favorite villagers, and it's coming this fall. And uh, you can see the art on the screen here. Viz kind of did like a weird Viz Direct thing where they just dropped tons of announcements of new manga on Twitter. If you all know, uh, one of our executive producers, Brandon Bovia, uh, works with Viz, lettering Dragon Ball Super and a couple other properties of theirs. Uh... I'm so, so excited for this. I can't wait. I mean, I love Nintendo it's manga all, yeah. in general. Uh, they, <laughs> I was thinking, I, though, you know, Nintendo manga has, and I, I doubt Animal Crossing will be like this, but Nintendo manga has a weird reputation for being way off brand. Like, we've yeah, seen Mario I, I heard Twilight Princess is a lot more hardcore uh, than yeah. the actual game. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Zelda manga I've read is pretty cool. Like, I, I've never gotten around to reading them all, but I liked what I've seen, and they're definitely branded differently from the games. They're, they're very, they're like the separate takes on on what happens in the games. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'll be curious how you do a uh, 
a, a Animal Crossing Monica because the game is defined by just the choices of the player. There's there's really nothing. There's no narrative. <laughs> there's you owe Tom <laughs> Nook money, and you gotta you gotta buy your way out of debt. Uh, so I'll be curious to see what they do here. I I imagine it'll be yeah. like a slice of life kind of manga i don't really know but yeah it's gonna be just nice fun stories about you know things that they do i guess um that's it seems like the I'm most actually, likely i mean they found a way to tell a story in splatoon that where the first i think three volumes were didn't even get to the single player it was all multiplayer focused when they did sort of just did their own thing i'm pre- actually pretty intrigued by this i like I, i've i've obviously said before i'm not a big animal crossing like diehard fan i've kind of had my fill of the games but I love the aesthetic of Animal Crossing, and I love just the vibe of it. And so I, I think a manga take with, like, actual stories involving Animal Crossing villagers could be interesting. And I already like the art because I, this villager has murder on his mind. And <laughs> whatever happens, whatever happens, the, this manga, I feel like, is going to lead to a lot of Animal Crossing meme-like stuff with, you know, again, this wide-eyed, smiley villager wielding various bladed objects. And I just feel like there's going to be a lot of fun art in this that'll... Be very good for memes. I think there's a great opportunity here for like a Junji Ito uh, Animal Crossing manga featuring the the Easter Bunny that comes to your island. Um, (laughs) I think I think I think I think there's something there. I think, yeah, I'm I'm a big Animal Crossing guy. I'm not a big manga guy. Um, I've actually never read a single manga. Uh, except for a few, well, no, I take that back. A few, a few, a a little bit of Ito, but aside from that, I, I have never read a single relevant manga so i i i got nothing on this one <laughs> no worries <laughs> yeah there there is a second part to this story in a way viz did also announce that they're publishing the creative gene which is a book by hideo kojima and it's a series of his essays jared edinger in the chat uh actually called that out as well uh says he's mm-hmm. super excited for it I don't know if I want to read this or not, but if I do, I won't be sober because I feel like anything Kojima says doesn't make sense unless you're inebriated, at least. Well, you got to I mean, I mean, Steve, yeah. y- you have to you have to say what the actual Japanese title originally was. Oh, I'm sorry. Which what is was it? <laughs> the Gifted Gene and My Lovable Memes, which <laughs> OK, <laughs> like I, I don't I don't know how Ugh. I feel about that, but, you know, hey, I. So uh, when I saw it, because I just pulled up the, uh, the there's a Polygon article about it, and I pulled it up, and apparently the actual Japanese title of the book, originally published in 2019, is the Gifted Gene and My Lovable Memes. And what? And so I <sighs> they really should just rename it the Circle Jerk. Yeah, like that's yeah, really what this is. That's I mean, I <laughs> I like Kojima. He has shown himself to be kind of weirdly prophetic about a lot of things, sure. but. What they need to do, this dude wants to be. The dude just needs to sit down and make a movie. They just need to get it out of his system. They need to publish half the book and then release the rest on a bunch of cassette tapes that you have to pop into a (laughs) tape player and play. Like, I feel like that would be the most meta way possible to handle this. Yeah, yeah, that would be the most Kojima move ever. I have a lot of respect for Kojima's you know work and, and the games he's made. I mean, he's like you said, he's been weirdly prophetic, Derek about a lot of things. I think that the man is talented, but I, my God, I have never seen a creator in more dire need of an editor. He just so badly needs an editor. And it's not as though his, all of his ideas are bad. I mean, he's successful for a reason, but God, he needs an editor so badly. The first time I ever (laughs) played Metal Gear Solid four was in Afghanistan. Uh, and, 
and and I, I got oh to, there was literally a two hour cutscene, and yeah. I there was a I, I hit a two hour cutscene, and I was late for I was late for an intel briefing, and I walked in twenty minutes late, and I literally looked the battalion commander straight in the face, and I said, "I'm sorry, sir, but Metal Gear Solid ran a little long." <laughs> and, uh, and, and he had no idea what I meant, but he was like, "Okay, just don't be late again." But I, I'm thinking well, to myself, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, like, I literally just I played three hours of a game and then watched a two-hour movie in the game. I could right. not and that's believe not the it. only one. I could not. Well, I, believe I remember. It. I remember. I'll never forget it. I I was uh, I had gotten to what I could tell was like the final sequence, the finale of Metal Gear Solid Four. And it was like 12.30 a.m. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and finish it and go to bed in, you know, an yeah. hour or two. 5 a.m. I'm finally starting to rest. You know, that, that ending is like three or two and a half hours or something yeah. with mm-hmm. everything. So like 4 to 5 a.m. I'm finally wrapping up to go to bed. And I'm like, that, that I, I regret everything. Yeah, <laughs> I should have waited. I should have waited. I yep. was exactly in the same boat, Ash. I don't know how we yeah. managed that. But I, I beat That's Metal Gear Solid around the same time of the night. And I was like, oh, it won't be that long. And then. I'm sitting uh-huh. there just looking at the TV like, please fucking end already. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm so mad at myself yeah. and at my PS3. Yeah. It's like the end yeah. of it's like the end of Return of the King times ten. Like yeah. you just right. you know, yeah. That is one thing I, sh- I should point out about uh, Triangle Strategy. It, it was a tough streaming game because I, I was closing in on, on two the two hour mark for my stream, and I'd only played one battle because there are so many cutscenes. There are, and they're quite long. And so I ended up going for three and a half hours, and in that whole span, I played two battles, only two. Yeah. So me too. It, I really enjoy it, and and it's definitely, you know, it's got those FF tactics vibes, but you have to be in the mood for something that is very story and cutscene. This is this this game, this is gonna be a hundred hour game, I guarantee it. Oh, I yep. think so. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is crazy considering it's so meant to be so replayable, so you can see the other actions. Right. Oh, I'm gonna play 400 hours of this damn game. I don't care. Oh my god. Speaking, <laughs> how do you? I, you, okay. know, you give me hope because I'm like, I, where do you find the time to do any of this stuff? And like with a newborn, and yet you have a 12 year old and able to play all these hours of games. Like I, well, cool. To, to be Thank fair, you. he lives with his mom, so I, you uh, okay. know. But however, he he constant. I I constantly get calls like, Dad, can I use your PlayStation Five account? That's awesome. For what? Yeah. Nice. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> one last story. Speaking of a game that one could end easily spend 400 hours in. Throw this on screen. I am so goddamn hyped. Diablo 2 <laughs> Remake is a real thing, and it's coming out this year. I've got the trailer playing on the screen right now. I, I have not I seen spent this. so much time with this. and Nice. It's coming to PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. Dang. And it looks great. It, I mean, it, great. This sport. game is going to sell a bajillion copies. This is what Vicarious oh, Visions yeah. was uh, brought on for, so. I, I guarantee sure you, right? Good. People are more excited about this than they are Diablo 4. Oh, I yeah. bet so. Oh, I bet so. 100%. I mean, even someone like me, I'm not really into a lot of PC games and, you know, like games like Diablo. Even I got into Diablo 2 back in the day. Yeah, yeah me too. And, and that's saying something. I, I, mm. I basically played it for a whole summer because I was trying to just stave off the wait for Chrono Cross because I yep. could not wait for Chrono Cross and I needed something to pass the time. So I got into Diablo 2 with a few friends at the time and I loved it. This game sucked me in so much and I don't usually enjoy games like this. <laughs> me neither. So I'm Same excited. Thing. I'll probably play this with you, Steve. 
Nice. Yeah, I was going to say this is I'm I'm again, I, actually, I joined great minds think alike. I was in a very similar boat. My dad bought this for himself on his gaming PC, which I'm sure was just mind blowing back then. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And and I would constantly steal his computer and stay up late playing this game just so I could, you know, and, and again, it's not my kind of game. It's if if I had never had my experience with Diablo 2, I would have I would have said, nah, this isn't for me. Something about the Diablo 2 specifically just drew me in, and I spent such a good chunk of my adolescence playing the hell out of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember very specifically my dad uh, was being griefed by someone, like hunted repeatedly by a player, and I made it my personal mission to kill this player. And I spent nice. I spent weeks just tracking this dude, trying to trying to level up so I could kill him. And I finally did, and I brought my dad his ear. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> that's amazing. That's I was like, amazing. Here you go. I got the guy's ear. And my dad got so mad at me for. Uh, avenging him because he was embarrassed, but oh, was... oh, really? He got mad at you? Oh, oh I thought it'd be pretty cool. Oh no, my my dad was like, I could have handled it myself. I would have loved that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, that'd that's be cool. Funny. I'd I'd be down. It's like, all right, son wants to avenge me. That's awesome. Thank you, son. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still one of my fondest memories. My dad and I definitely bonded over this game because it came out. I want to say maybe two or three years after, because uh, my when I say dad, I mean my stepdad. Um, you know, mm-hmm. my father, he's, he's a whole other piece of shit, but my, <laughs> my dad, uh, and I were, you know, still getting to know each other to a degree. And so this was kind of our, the, the game we bonded over and I, I, it'll always hold a special place in my heart and I cannot wait, uh, for Diablo two to come out because I'm definitely buying a copy and sending it to my dad too, so that we can play it together and hopefully not have to hunt someone for their ear. But (laughs) as far as my own experience, I I always had my my friends were all PC gamers. So I was pretty much the lone uh, console gamer in my group. Mm. But they talked about this all the time. And I played a little bit of it. I definitely enjoyed what I played, but I never got too far into it. But by the time Diablo 3 came out, I was like, all right, I'm going to play, pick this up and play with you guys. And it was a lot of fun. But it was also Diablo 3 when it first came out. So the auction house and all those issues. So I had that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed Diablo 3. And. You know what? I'm down to return to Diablo 2. Get hell, get the three of us to do a run together or something like that. That'd hell be awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah! I would. I am yeah, so I down for this. But I'm I'm definitely going to be hitting up my friends at Blizzard and be like, "Give it to me, please. Give it to me." <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't care about give me, give much me. else that they're doing these days. But Diablo 2, right? Sign, sign me. And up. it says from on the trailer that there's cross platform progression, which is yes. really cool. So if you own yeah. it on multiple platforms, that, that's oh, really that, neat. I, I like love that. seeing that. The only yeah. bummer about that is is that it implies that there is no cross-play. Mm, because if, if you're very specifically calling out progression, wouldn't that mean that, say, my friend wants to play on PS5 and I've been playing on Switch, I can take my character over there and play with them, but I'd also have to own the game on both platforms to do that. I, I mean, it's not outright called out, but the implication, why wouldn't you just say cross-play? If, if I could hop on my switch and play with you if you're on pc i hope right. that's not the case but i'm I, I will have to reach out and find out if there's uh if that distinction exists or because you know it, it seems like a no-brainer to let people play cross-platform but we'll see yeah yeah it does all right hmm. well with that folks we have reached the end of today's news I'm I'm excited because I have I have something that I've been working on that I can that I can show at the end of this. But 
before I do any of that shit, <laughs> John, my friend, where can we find you? So uh, you can find me a few places. Um, uh, I actually just had a series of interviews come out with uh, uh, the gaming website, or uh, yeah, uh, the gaming website, and next week with the Washington Post talking about uh, my experiences Ooh. in Fallujah and how, my feelings on Six Days in Fallujah. Nice, mm. um, interesting. Okay, cool. And uh, so you'll be able to find those next week. I've written a few articles for IGN and Polygon. You can find those out there in the either. People get mad at them. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Megative with an M. I would rather you actually follow our podcast, Official SDGC, on Twitter. And I would also really love it if you followed our Twitch channel. Uh, it's Official SDGC on Twitch. Um, we go live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Steve's been on there. It's a good time. It's uh, a great time. It's a, it's a really good time. There's, we get really kind of drunk and loud and, and <laughs> voices tend to get raised. But it's, a, but it, it's all good. It's all friendly. Um, and uh, you can find us doing various uh, fundraisers. We just did a, a big fundraiser for the Trevor Project uh, to support um, uh, to support them as they combat suicide rates among LGBTQ youth. Uh, and oh, yeah, okay. nice. yeah. Oh, and we have a Discord that we've got a few hundred people on a Discord. You can find that on our Twitter page. But please uh, check us out. Give us a follow. Um, we're trying to grow our audience, and everything helps. Yeah, and I, cool. I want to point that. out that if you love the guests that we have on TNT, uh, Rebecca Valentine, who was here quite some time ago now, used to be a staff member on SDGC. Amron's been on the show. Uh, yeah. they, uh, so if you like the type of folks we have on there, you'll also yeah. find them over at SDGC. Yeah, I, I guest hosted right. Kind of Funny with Greg Miller once. Um, we've had, yes. uh, we've had, yeah, yeah, it's everybody's in the same circle here, so... Uh, yeah, yeah. You can. Uh, we we had uh, almost the entire voice cast of Final Fantasy VII remake on. Um, oh, that's nice. awesome. So that's so yeah, amazing. Yeah, nice. we yeah we're you know things are happening. We're getting bigger. Uh, when after after five years, you know we're we're finally starting to see some growth. So yeah, we're really excited about it. And I have a great team. Uh, my podcast team is my family. Really, uh, without them, I, awesome. I don't know if I would have made it through the pandemic. So yeah, that is awesome. Oh, that's man. awesome. Very cool. Um. Before we sign off, I just want to say really quick, I don't like super quick. I don't know if we have any Far Cry fans in our audience, but there's apparently oh, right. a Far Cry mm. Six email beta scam uh, going around where you get an email saying <laughs> join the Far Far Cry Six beta, but it's a scam and you'll lose, you know you put your information at risk if you click on it. So yeah, there is no Far Cry Six beta. Don't click on it. Don't fall for it. Yep. Always PSA check your there. email headers, folks. <laughs> if it yes. didn't come from Ubisoft, it's probably not a Far Cry beta. Uh, no, exactly. <laughs> so before before we actually sign all the way off and go into the post show and all that fun stuff and end the week together, uh, we have to give a special thank you to all of our patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. And in addition, we have to give an extra special thank you to our executive producer patrons. Those fine folks are Jonathan Belmare, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew, Echo Carroll, Christopher, The D-Pad, Guillaume Monet, Vesmio, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Kitty Kong Facts, Angel Martinez, our new EP Welcome Aboard, Vedron Hotik, Macalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Shadow the Cat, Azran127, Kenrule09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Shiny Turkey, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Mitchell Herring, Lucky Wonderfish, 
Top Dog, 23100, Brooke, Young Ben Kenobi, Charles Zaz, Douglas Comics, Andrew Medeiros, Orem M, Brady Power, Phantom 23, Scott Barber, Patrick Harrison, Rocks the Cat, Royal Dingo, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kyed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Masterlinks, Sean Davis, Deaneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Seth Walker, Hubie, Marcos Conchas, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, My Mom, Hi Mom, Darkumi87, The Flying Tacos, Scuff196, Naughty Senpai, and our newest executive producer, Andrew. Welcome to the EP Squad. We appreciate you so, so much. Every and remember one of you. that Thank you, you too think, can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where for as little as $5 a month, you can watch me completely botch the credits. I'll do it live. <laughs> or, you know, you can join at any of our other tiers. If you're if you're not able to join our Patreon, a like and a subscribe would help out the channel so much. But either way, we appreciate you so much for being here. That wraps up this episode. As always, thank you all so much for watching. Good night and good vibes. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you later. Have a great weekend.